Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis on Talk Sport. Welcome to the best fight sports show on British radio. This is your home for British boxing. Without any shadow of a doubt, every single Saturday night from 10 o'clock, we get stuck into it. It is Fight Night. Uh, with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis. We've got an epic show lined up for you tonight, which features the first, you may have read some things, but the first interview with Tyson Fury since the big news that broke this week where he is now cleared to step back in the ring at some point in 2018. Gareth A. Davis caught up with him on Wednesday in Wolverhampton. He had a right old chinwag, and you can hear parts of that throughout the course of this show, so make sure you stick with us. Also on the show... The man whose ear was hanging off this time last week. Uh, Stephen Swifty-Smith will be on. Katie Taylor put in a great performance midweek. She's going to be on the show in around about half an hour from now. We're going to be speaking to the pretty boy. Josh Kelly's going to be on the show. Gary Corcoran's going to be on, fresh from his trip from Australia as well. And if that's not enough, we've got a Hall of Fame celebrating 20 years of Prince Nazim Ahmed versus Kevin Kelly. What a fight night we've got for you. How are you, Sweet Cheeks? You all right? I'm, I'm, I'm really disappointed in you. Why? Well, you start the show with saying the greatest... Um, fight sports show. Fight show in Britain. Come on. Hey, come on. In the world. Listen. On the planet. You don't baby. get anything for self... Self-praise is no praise on here. Let other people say When that. you get into this, when you get into this, hmm. we're not interested in British belts, European belts, world I am. titles for us, baby. I, oh, you, well, all we, right, then. Okay, we'll do the lot. We'll do the lot. World titles, baby. Universe. We're, we're going do you want to go universe? We're going overseas. We're conquering the lot. Is it, we're not here to take part. We're here to take over, baby. That's it, baby. We've got a little <laughs> bit on that as well coming up throughout the course of the show. Um, it's been an epic week. Epic week in the world of boxing. Um, that big news that broke at the start of the week. I mean, it came a lot quicker than I anticipated it to do so. Tyson Fury reaching a compromise. I think that's the best way of going about mm. it uh, with UKAD. Uh, and he is now free to fight. He's been speaking to Gareth midweek. Hold your horses, because we're going to do that in the second half of the show. All right? Second half of the show, you'll hear from Tyson with Gareth, and we'll have a little bit of a chinwag about it as well, okay? I want to start with Rigon Dow. That's who I want to start with, mate. Last week on the show, you were live at James DeGale's fight, okay? James DeGale sadly loses his world's title. We're all down. But mm. the pick-me-up off the back of our conversation when you were live at the Copper Box was, don't worry, Lomachenko, Rigon Dow's coming up. We're all going to go home now. We're all going to settle down. Let the dust settle after James DeGale's loss. Mm. We're going to sit down. 
get the popcorn out and watch an epic encounter between two double Olympic gold medalists. Only one of them turned up, mate. Peculiar, wasn't it? Well, maybe not as peculiar uh, as one might expect for those of us in the industry because um, there's something about Guillermo Rigondo, the Cuban, Rigo. Um, I like the way that you that, roll that. You roll that really well. Podemos hablar perfectamente en español si quieres en cubano, eh? Sí. <laughs> no, well, the thing is, I spent years studying Spanish at university, unfortunately. Um, the, 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 the thing is about Rigondo. Very good. Um, <laughs> Rigo. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to do a, a Spanish tongue twister with the R's. No, 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 no. Okay. C- carry on about Guillermo. Um, Guillermo, the thing is about Guillermo, and I think, oh, Rigo, Rigondo, was, is that... Um, there were many of us going into it, Adam, who felt that there's there's been a reluctance about him the whole time during his pro career to properly promote himself, yeah. to make faux excuses about things. He like, that, he's like he's, he's felt it's odd to him. Yeah, Do you not exactly. think? Self-entitlement, yeah, yeah, definitely. And the funny thing is, when someone's talented in the Cuban system... Mm. They're, everything's laid on for them. You know, they, 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 they earn well, they get apartments out of it. Obviously, he defected after winning two Olympic golds for Cuba in, um, in uh, Sydney and Athens. And, um, but the thing is about him, when you think he turned pro 13, or he, he, he lo- left the, the amateur movement 13 years ago, does anybody really know who he is outside boxing? No. Not really. No. He's done nothing. Even to, inside to boxing, a lot himself. of people won't know well, him. You know, he claimed a, a hurt right hand on, on Saturday night, but really it was his heart that was broken by a man who really does know how to fight, take the will away from his opponents. Yeah. Um, you were telling me a stat about this early, which I'd forgotten. Vasil Lomachenko's finished six opponents on their stools yeah, now. Yeah. In a row, is it? They've all quit. Yeah, they've quit. They're all quit. And he quit. And he quit in a fight that was historic. He quit in a fight that was two Olympic, double Olympic champions coming together for the first time. He quit in a fight when he was being really well paid. He quit in a fight he could have made a name for himself. And he quit because he got outthought, outmaneuvered. And Johnny you know did? He ducked lower than Vasil Lomachenko's knees. So in the end, Lomachenko was hitting him on the back of the head almost. Mm. It was pathetic. Mm. It was a pathetic performance by Guillermo Rigondo. And you know what? If he's never seen in a ring again, I couldn't give a monkeys. I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. But one man that I do want to see in the ring again is Vasil Lomachenko, two-weight world champion, even uh, before we got to our 10th fight. For me, I'm looking around that weight category now that he's in. There's some decent fights in there, but hey, there's rumours, rumours, my friend, and maybe a little bit of Mikey Garcia up, up at 135. What do you reckon? Can we get that oh. Can we get that going on or what? Gear, um, Vasil Lomachenko, Vasilio Lomachenko versus well, mate, You even do Eastern Mikey, European as well? Duh. Um, <laughs> against uh, Mikey Garcia. Thick neck, big head, square jawed Mikey. All right. Wow. Need to slide I'm, him off. He's I'm, listening. No, no, no. no I'm, I'm seeing the silhouettes moving in the ring. Wow, that is that. That's something, isn't it? I think that's a step too far. Because remember, Garcia's gone up to 140 already yeah, as well, has. hasn't he? Yeah, and, he has. And being having been, if you sat with Vasil, Vasili, if you sat with um, Mikey, they are they are the same size difference. In fact, that perhaps Rigondo and Lomachenko are. I think it might be a step too far. Okay. Um, but, you know, look... Mate, he's got footwork for Strictly Come Dancing, that boy. He, he, he could dance around do you know, anybody. Do you know what I love about him? And, and, I, and I, I'll never forget, because it was last November, and I was um, having a hard time in my life at the time, believe it or not, Ad. And I'd been out in America 
for three weeks, um, doing three fights in a row. And I decided to change my flight because Vasil Lomachenko was fighting um, Nicholas Walters at the, um, the Cosmopolitan Don't in Vegas. get me started on him, but carry on. <clears throat> well, there you go. Well, I... I Stayed for the extra week, and I did. I sent some documentary stuff, uh, audio documentary, back to Talk Sports. Actually, I, I went to all the workouts of Vasil Lomachenko for a week, and he did those things where he bounces on his fists across yeah. the ring. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's a freak. He's he, a freak. He, he, he does the tennis ball off his. Do you know what though? He was amazing to be around. I really felt like I connected with him. I I I, I spoke to his dad, and his dad was just blathering at me in, in Ukrainian. Um, Do you feel and, superstar when you're around him? Like, there's some, super, some, super, some people have an aura, don't they? He, I kept saying to him in every interview I did with him, Adam, you've got to learn English. It's massive. If you learn English, yeah, yeah. you are going to be a superstar in the Western world. It's the same because, thing with Canelo in a way, isn't it? You, if, you, if you can speak the English language, and this is not patronising any other country, exactly. if you can, you transcend. Canelo... Um, you know, unfortunately, I speak Spanish. So if I have a one-on-one with him, I speak Spanish to him. But I've said to him again and again, and he can't understand everything. He's just embarrassed to make a fool of himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vasil is really funny. He's really dry because he's making these wisecracks all the time now and again. and um, in, in English, I mean, uh, now and again in English. And he's so funny. I'm telling you, seeing him on things like Jimmy Kim, Kimmel as he grows bigger. Or Absolutely. He, it's uh, needed. On, it's really look what Manny Pacquiao did. Yeah, yeah. It's how he made his name. He wouldn't speak English when he first came. I know that you're a fanboy when it comes to Vasil Lomachenko, yeah, I am. but you have every reason to be that because, in a way, I am because what he can do. He strips fighters. He strips warriors he of their him. souls. You know, he strips them of yeah, their yeah. souls. Nicholas Walters is a tough man. Didn't want to fight him. Mm. Guillermo Rigondo surrendered on his stool. They should remove a part of his purse for doing that. You do not turn up at work and do not do the job and, and go home to get paid. and expect to get paid. Mm. It's a disgrace. They deliberately embarrassed him by making him have x-rays after the fight and putting them out. We all know, everyone inside the sport knows that his hand wasn't damaged. Mm. He j- just couldn't get his own way and his fighting soul's being stripped away by the brilliant Lomachenko. And in total contrast, um, over at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas, a man that's going to be on our show a little bit later on, Swifty Smith, fought on with half his ear hanging off. Let's not go into it too much now because Swifty's going to be on the show later on and I'm conscious that people might still be having the dinner. Mm-hmm. But he'll be on the show just after 11 It's a o'clock. late old dinner, 10.13. Well, people, you know what I mean? You can't get a table these days supper, in London. Supper, Adam. Is that what it is? That's what we call it in the South. Uh, supper. A supper. All right, you're having a supper. Bloody heck, it's a bit posh for me tonight, is this? Let me tell you. <laughs> um, we are, of course, going to be speaking to Katie Taylor. What a year she's had. Fantastic defence uh, throughout the course of the week as well at the York Hall. It's a wonderful arena, is the York mm, Hall. Mm. Also, um, putting on a show at the York Hall was Josh Kelly. I'm a massive fan of Josh. He's just unbelievable. He's, there's big things ahead for him as well. Uh, looking forward to speaking to him on the show as well. Um, Connor Ben's not going to be on the show tonight, but we must mention him because what a ding-dong that was on Wednesday. He's an incredible young man, you know, and I, I'll never forget the day I, Nigel was with him. Um, Nigel Ben, his father, of course, one of the great middleweight and super middleweight fighters from the from the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And Connor was saying, or Nigel was saying to me that day, I'm pretty similar age to Nigel, and he was saying, you know, I really didn't want him to box. And then when he was 15, we sparred, and he knocked the living daylights out of me when he was 15, 16. He said we had such a hard spar, and I thought, nah. He's ready, and he's been boxing ever since, like, properly. And he said he gave me a deliverance. 
He gave me a deliverance. He's a really tough kid. That fight will have taught him he needs to box as well as scrap. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and that's the point for him because he's got talent. I mean, you look at his face off, just go on social media. He oh, was battered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what heart? You can't oh, teach heart, can you? You can't no. teach that. He's got up off the deck and he's ended up winning the fight. I thought the cards were very wide, unnecessarily wide. I thought personally he nicked it by a point. A lot of people said a draw, but fair play to him, man, because he was getting beat properly getting beat after three or four rounds there as you said it was close he didn't i think he nicked it but the key is he learned that he can't be completely reckless and everyone yeah. is vulnerable in 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 that ring and even his father who had an incredible chin an impervious chin um he still knew the value of movement head movement neck movement yeah. you know rolling with the shoulders you all those you things. can't be blocking uh, punches with your face you no, can't exactly <laughs> you can't exactly. be doing that um another man that is in action tonight is billy joe saunders taking on david lemieux we're going to speak about that a little later on in the show we haven't forgot about it it's a big test for billy looking forward to that fight hopefully it finishes the year off in style for us and in midweek gary corcoran had a little bit of an effort down under against the WBO welterweight champion Jeff Owen, the man that toppled Manny Pacquiao this year. Uh, well, very kindly, Gary's going to join us on the show next. Lovely. So we're going to get Lovely. stuck into that conversation. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Fight Night. Jeff's going to hold him up. Now it looks like this. I don't know whether it's blood from the eye or his ear that's bleeding on the left side of Jeff Owen. Looks like it's here. Yeah, it might be blood from the, uh, from the eye of uh, Gary Corker. What a fight this is. I think that's oh, I can't it. believe this. The cuts are too much. Poor is wow. done. He's retained the welterweight championship of the world of the WBO. The corner of Corcoran said no more. A uh, bit of commentary there from our midweek. We've had we've been blessed this week, Gareth. We've been a midweek boxing, haven't we? You well, know, I remember it as a kid when Sports Night used to be on on a Wednesday night, and that's when the only time boxing was on when I was a kid was on a Wednesday night. Yeah, but everybody else listening to the show wasn't alive then, mate. You know what I mean? So that's <laughs> true. It's true. Back in the sixties and seventies, that's true. We had some live action though midweek at your call, and uh, just here in there. Uh, in Brisbane, down under, uh, where the WBO champion Jeff Horn defended his crown against our very own Gary Corcoran. Gary, very kindly, has agreed to be on the show. Gary, welcome to it, mate. How are you, pal? Good, mate. Very good, mate. Have you uh, managed to uh, get over the jet lag? Are we sorted now? Are we back on England time? Not too bad. Not too bad at the moment, but uh, I'll be all right. <laughs> how was, um, first of all, before we talk about the fight, how was the whole experience of, first of all, being in Australia, uh, with that crazy time difference, obviously getting used to everything down there, and then obviously participating uh, in a world title fight in front of fifty thousand people. Yeah, I was over. I was over here for the three weeks now, three and a half weeks. So it wasn't too bad. I got used of it the time. I got used of time, but uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do my. I didn't. Didn't do my best, but. Uh, that box's all right, so... Well, you say you didn't do your right. best, mate. I thought you, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Gary, right? When the when the shout yeah. came that you were going to get uh, that particular fight, um, I I was a, a little bit surprised that you uh, were at the front of the queue in order to get yeah. that opportunity. But end of the day, this is boxing. When you get an opportunity, you take that opportunity. And I, I, yeah. tuned, I tuned into that fight in the early hours of the morning. I had a bit of a nausea in it, and I thought... You were giving it a blooming good go, mate. I thought you were there or thereabouts, like we were just hearing in the commentary there. The cuts, they played a massive part of that fight. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, the cut was. Uh, it was quite bad. The cut, but uh, I had to get on with it. 
when you um, obviously uh, hear uh, the like, we've just been speaking about Rigon Dow against Lomachenko, by the way, um, at the mm. weekend just previous. We've, we've got uh, Stephen Smith on the show uh, later on, obviously, we're half of his ear and what have you. The, mm. um, when you um, see a fighter like uh, Rigon Dow quit on his stool in his fight against uh, Lomachenko, when you get a little bit of, uh, I say a little bit of a nick, it was a hell of a nick uh, that you got in your fight, mate, there's something deep inside that kicks in when you know that you've got an opportunity in order to become world champion that keeps you going? Keeps you going, yeah. You always have to have that bit inside to keep you going. You want to become world champion, don't you? G- Gary, um, listen, I thought you thoroughly... De- it's Gareth here. Um, um, I, I, I thought you, hi, mate. I thought you thoroughly deserved your opportunity against Jeff Horn. Um, you know, Larry Ekandeu, who you beat uh, earlier in the year, in, in July... Was, was seen as a very slick operator and you did a number on him. And I thought, you know, and also, of course, you had that... <laughs> the, the only other loss, really, that you'd had apart from Horn was against Liam Williams in a real nasty grudge fight. Um, as yeah. we saw, it was like Jake LaMotta and Sugar Ray Robinson. Um, <laughs> you know, they fought each other six times. I reckon you could end up fighting... You and Liam probably fight every day in a car park if we put you in the same car park. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, do you feel that if you hadn't had to travel down under and, you know, the the opportunity had come in a different place, in a different way, um, you could have beaten um, Horn? I don't rate Horn as as that highly. I think he's a very good brawler. Um, I think he's a better school teacher than he is a boxer, frankly. Um, and I And I think that you, if you just believe in yourself, I think you can still win a world title. Yeah, I didn't. I did. I, I didn't do what my corner told me to do. Mm. I didn't, what I've been doing as far, what I've been doing that trend, and I just, I just didn't do what I was supposed to do. But I think if I turn, if I had to turn up what I was doing, I would have beaten Jeff. But it's in his hometown. I was going to have to knock him out. I was going to have to knock him out. In the scorecards, it was ridiculous. Their scorecards, you know what I mean. So I was going to get no favours over there, but. uh done what I, I tried to do but uh, it didn't work out and I'll be back stronger from it. Look you're still a very young man you're only 27 you are the Hellraiser yeah. where did that nickname come from by the way? I had it as a kid my amateur trainer gave it to me when I was a kid and uh, it just stuck. Were you a Hellraiser though? <laughs> a bit mad I was a bit mad when I was young and I'll have to say <laughs> Who for you? Like, I want to ask you. We, we, Adam and I are talking about the welterweight division at the moment. Yeah. Um, Crawford's come up to the welterweight division, hasn't he? Mm. Um, yeah. It, you know, Terence Crawford. That is the, the the very very slick American boxer can switch both hands. Yeah. Um, obviously, Errol Spence is at welterweight as well. Um, obviously, you would take either of those men on. But if those two meet in 2018, who would you see as winning that? I think uh, out of a lot of them in, in that way. I think Errol Spence is the best in that way aerospace I, I think soon he will he will move up to like middle wet but uh, I think aerospace is uh, number one in that way is that based on what we all know that he's kind of had sessions with Mayweather in the gym and he's he's looked fantastic against Mayweather he gave Mayweather problems towards the end of his career apparently in sparring or do you just see something in him I just see something in that I think he's for like one of the pound pound best He's going to be what like up there, and I uh, think at the moment I think he is the best in that division, and uh, 
just he's very big for the weight as well, and he's uh, he's beat Kel Brook in his last fight. But he had a good win, and uh, I think he'll be a very good fighter. Gary, just um, for t- 2018, off the back of um, obviously your trip to Australia, I've no doubt you're gonna. Have a rest, have a wonderful Christmas, and then what's the plan uh, early 2018 when you're looking to get back out, mate? Yeah, I'm hoping to get back out. I'm just going to let my cuts heal mm-hmm. because uh, the cuts were quite were quite heavy, the cut was. So, so the back, but I'll hopefully get the British, get the British this year, and hopefully, uh, British or European, well, hopefully, that's what I'm looking at, hopefully. Top man. We wish you all the best for that. Gary, Lovely. thanks for being thanks, on the Jerry. show, mate. Congratulations on a great uh, effort anyway. Cheers, lads. Take Cheers. care, mate. Take care. Um, you mentioned Terence Crawford there. He is uh, the mandatory challenger uh, to Jeff Warren. I'm hearing from Bob Arum, yep. your mate, that that's going to happen in uh, Vegas. Terence ain't going. And your mate. Come on, he's friends of no, the show. No, he's your mate. He's your mate. He's Bob. Hey, Adam, don't, <laughs> don't say he's Gareth's mate because I'm your mate as well. I know you call me when the show's not on. Listen, but what I'm saying is that Terence Crawford, as you rightly point yeah, out there, yeah. is levels above Jeff Warren. You would anticipate that he would pick up a, a oh. world title in another weight category and then set the, the whole division on fire because you mentioned Errol Spence, Keith Thurman, both champions. Danny Garcia's still knocking about. Uh, Sean Porter's still knocking about. Amir Khan reckons he's down at 147 now. And I reckon maybe, well, Kelbrook probably couldn't get back down to 147. But you know what I mean? There's a lot I, of talent in that pool. Yeah, I, I, really, I really rate um, um, Keith Thurman, by the way. Um, until, until Crawford moved up from 135 lightweight to 140, um, sorry, from 140 light welterweight to 147 welterweight, mm. um, I would have said that Thurman was the best man in the division. I'm not sure since Errol Spence beat Kelbrook earlier this year, you know. Um, but with Terence Crawford up there now, wow, that is the division that's on fire, frankly. Mm. For me, it's the, it's the, the talent there is extraordinary. Um, From Britain, who's the, I mean, I know Gary's obviously had his opportunity there against uh, Jeff Warren, but in Britain, who is your best at 147, do you think? I mean, for me, the reason why I said what I said at the start of that conversation was I thought Bradley Skeet would, would have been the next in line to get a shot at that WBO crown. He's been seems to be waiting for quite a long period of time, does Bradley, for a bit of a shot at a world level. Well, if Amir Khan can still make welterweight, which Kelbrook clearly can't because he's moving up, as he said this yeah, week, yeah, yeah. he's moving up to, I can't remember the opponent now, he's fighting... Rabchenko. Rabchenko, yeah, he'll beat Sergei Rabchenko at light, light, light middleweight in... Was it May time? Mm. Um, no, um, I, I think Amir Khan has to be up there as, yep. as one of our very best welterweights still. Um, went in the jungle, lost a lot of weight, made a lot of friends, then lost a few on the way out. Bullying. Poor old Ian Lee. He's all right. What a load of nonsense that was. Um, dear me. I uh, can't wait to go in the jungle myself, though. You're going in the jungle? Well, Why? I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not putting it out there as a press release that I'm going in the jungle, but I can't wait to go in there. So I'm going to go in there at some point, aren't I'm, you? I'm, no, not at all. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Ian Lee's first show back on Talk Radio, which is this Monday, so yeah, make sure you no, check I mean, that out. No, he went on. I think Ian Lee did a good thing. Didn't he go in to raise money for his um, mum who's not well or Well, something? I'm not going to give anything away. I think okay. he's going to reveal that on yeah, Monday. Thanks yeah, for that. You've given, yeah. the, you've given away everything that he wants to talk about on Monday now, I you won't you? Rubbish. I'm, I think I've read that in a tabloid somewhere. Stop it. You don't believe Stop everything that you read in the newspapers, Gareth. You should know that by now. Well, we'll talk about Tyson Fury a bit later <laughs> on that subject. No, um, to answer your question, and I digress, not you, it's the best welterweight in Britain is still Amir Khan. Um, the best welterweight in the world, I think, is probably Terence Crawford. Um, Even though he's not fought there yet? Uh, I still think yet. he... I, I, the way he dealt with Julius Ndongo 
at the uh, weight below at 140 uh, for people listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought he, uh, yeah, light welterweight. He was amazing. And Ndongo is really awkward. Like, he dealt with him so easily. Um, Spence is brilliant. Yeah. Um, but I just think Crawford has a very crafty boxing IQ. He can do unusual things. Mm. Spence is a machine. Yeah, yeah. But I ju- just... Think, it- just think of those fights, though. You've got Thurman. I know, it's exciting. Crawford, yeah. Spence Jr. Yeah. Oh, my days. Let's yeah. have it. Let's get them we'll all have to on. have a tournament. <laughs> to- tournament would be get amazing. Get Callis Howland on here. Let's get a World Boxing mm. Super Series set up, shall we? Mm. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stick around. Uh, Katie Taylor is going to be on the show very shortly. And the reason for it is because, one, she's brilliant. And, two, we want to celebrate an amazing year for this girl because she might feature in our show next week. We are going to be doing a bit of a preview next week on uh, on 2017. And um, we are going to be going through fights of the year, fighters of the year, knockouts of the year. I reckon Katie Taylor just might make our shortlist for fighters of the year. She might do because she's had a hell of a year, hasn't she? Six fights, world champion, great defence midweek. Well, we'll put it all to her next, right here on Fight Night. From Bray, County Wicklow, the fighting pride of Ireland, Katie be having a look there, there is absolutely no chance that Clarkson can win this fight and that, just as I've said it there they, they've done the right thing well they stepped in and decided that enough is enough the referee waving that off and you would have to say that it's the right decision this is a tough third opponent oh good shot from Katie Taylor Gentili Hurt there and still the WBA champion of the world They can't cope with Katie Taylor. She is, Adam. She is the original million-dollar baby. I think you know how much I love this woman. She's brilliant. I've known her since she was a very young fighter, actually, visiting her, her and her father, Peter, down in Bray. And I've just always had it for her. Eight years, nine years, I've been following her. I just think she's so special. And I think this is the woman who will change the face of women's boxing mm. in the professional ranks forever. I she's got it. it all. The looks, the skills, the, even the coy personality. She's not coming on live, is she? She's here now. Oh, my God, I'm blown smoke yeah. up her backside. She, she's in I didn't realise she was on live with us. <laughs> Sorry, Katie. I, I, you, know, you know how I always wax lyrical about you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah keep going. <laughs> Thanks so much. Do you know but something? You, I can hear the blushing down the phone. I yeah, can hear exactly. that. Yeah, she hear probably that. is blushing. And that's, that's one of the other brilliant things about Katie. She's so modest. She's so hardworking. And my personality, I would go and interview her sometimes and I feel a shrink away. It's like, oh no, it's that big noisy Jono again. But, you know, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's something about you Katie I mean do you know how exciting you make it when you fight that you are the first woman I think I've ever seen Layla Ali was exciting years ago mm. and covered her but she never had opponents Katie yeah. you've got that style where you can put bums on seats and fill out Croke Park for goodness sake yeah, well thanks so much Gareth um yeah I think I'm lucky enough to be in a weight division where there's so many great fighters out there at the moment and it definitely makes for for great fights, and I think for you know, you know for for the first time in a long time that people are seeing the best of women's boxing, and 
that for me is just incredible, really. Um, when I first turned pro, I, I knew that I, I needed to change people's perceptions about the sport. And, um, you know, I'm delighted to, to have done that, I think, so far in my career. Just one second, Katie. Have you have you received your Christmas card off, Gareth? I think, how many kisses did you put on it? You put a few on, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, get this, get the girl, the get that Listen, in the post. Don't, don't get me in trouble now, all right? That's yeah, all yeah. I'm saying, Adam. Um, no, what? Especially with Bridget, her mum, who I know. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Um, the, exactly. Um, the, 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 what I love about what you've done in the pro ranks so far, as well, is say, look. I achieved back-to-back, well, you didn't say this, I'm saying this, but you said what I achieved in the amateurs, but you achieved back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back five times consecutively amateur world champion. You go on and win an Olympic gold Mm. in London 2012. You're the first woman ever to win a lightweight medal in the Olympic Games. And you've come out and said this year, I'm going to better that in the pro ranks. So you've set your bar very, very, very high to put the pressure on yourself, no doubt. Yeah, I guess I've always wanted to make history in my sport and, um, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a great team of people around me as well, but um, I've always wanted to make history and, as I said before, there's so many great fights out there to be made and um, I want, I, I love a chance to unify the division and um, and to continue to kind of break boundaries in the sport as well. I was very lucky uh, to sit in the row behind your mother in the oh. on well, you were on the undercard to Joshua Molina in Manchester, and your mother yeah. was sat in front of me. Honestly, I'm sorry I thought about that. she probably screamed. She probably yeah, like, uh, put your eardrums on. That's, that's exactly what I'm about to say, Katie. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I, I'm, I'm still got a bit of tinnitus now. It's still ringing yeah. just a touch. <laughs> but I thought that she yeah. was going to get in the ring at one point and help you fight at one point. You don't need yeah. it, but I thought she was going to get in there as well. She's always the loudest one in the stadium, I think. Um, she's always she's been my number one supporter right right from the get-go. So, um, yeah, it's great to have her there for sure. Mate, th- listen, that must be immense to have such parental support. With all due respect, when you started this journey as a, a young girl wanting to fight, uh, female boxing wasn't as prominent as it is now in society. Yeah. I'm sure there's young girls watching you going, hey, I want to be like this kid. When you were starting out, there wasn't that figure, so to speak. So to have that parental support for anybody is immense, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, right from the get-go, my, my parents always supported me right from the start and they sacrificed so much for me as well to, to help me achieve my dreams. And um, my mum always told me growing up, to don't, don't let anyone tell you that you can't do anything or that you can't be anyone. And to always kind of chase my dreams. And this is, uh, everyone in my family knew that this was a dream of mine to be an Olympic champion, to chase uh, professional titles. And um, the support from my whole family has been absolutely incredible, really. And I have to say, they have sacrificed an awful lot for me. You you, um, you, you made history as well as the first woman to headline on a, uh, defending a world title on a card at the yeah. York Hall on, on, on Wednesday evening last. And, and of course, your brother has boxed there before as well, hasn't he? Yeah. You, you noted. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, I, I've always wanted to box in the York Hall, but unfortunately, my brother got there before me. Um, <laughs> he, he boxed for Cambridge uh, years ago against Oxford uh, in a university's match. And, um, but Katie, exactly, was yeah, he top of the bill? Right. Katie, was he top of the bill? If no. he wasn't top of the bill, make <laughs> he sure he knows. Yeah. I've, covered, I've <laughs> covered that event, Katie, many times. I think yeah. I might have covered it when your box, brother was boxing there. And it's normally, yeah, yeah. it's normally every oh, it's about nine, eight or nine weight divisions, and they're all just milling away like soldiers in their oh, first boxing yeah, match. Yeah, it's, it's and the atmosphere is incredible. It does exactly. Yeah. It does make for good entertainment. <laughs> um, let, let me ask you this: 
Um, and and even though I, I'm I'm a huge fan of you, you, your work, you as a personality, everything. Um, I think we saw great things against Jessica McCaskill on Wednesday night because I'm also critical of you in a good way about yeah. the fact that you could make it so much easier on yourself than the yeah. raging bell you are when you yeah. get in the ring sometimes. Yeah, and we saw that against McCaskill, didn't we? We but we saw that against McCaskill that you 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 had to figure to be smarter in the fight at times. Yeah, definitely. That was the kind of the game plan going into the fight, and I definitely had to be very, very disciplined because we knew that she was a big puncher going into the fight as well, and I didn't want to stand in front of her and, and, and trade shots. So it was all about my footwork, really, and just keep my distance on the outside, and that's what I was trying to do for, for the whole fight, and thankfully um, it worked out very well. Listen, um, Katie, but, from my point of view, Katie, don't do that, right? I want to see more, more fights like what we saw in Cardiff. <laughs> Absolute yeah, belters. Know, Fights of the night. But the point is, <laughs> Katie's got that naturally. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. almost like a light switch goes off. Remember, this is a, uh, for all the football fans listening, of course, Katie played over a dozen times for the Irish senior team, women's team. I think you got sent off a couple of times, didn't you, Katie? No, honestly, did she? <laughs> Get out. Well, just, just for a few bad tackles. I wasn't fighting or anything. Just, just <laughs> <laughs> but but, uh, but the, the, the homecoming is now beckoning, isn't it? Um, I presume. Yeah. Yeah. somewhere like the the three arena in Dublin or somewhere like that um, are, are you looking to defend the title again or, or are you even a unification in the first third of next year yeah um, I think Eddie was uh, talking about a unification bout against the IBF champion actually um, for, for the next fight for the, for the home home fight in April hopefully sometime wow. so that would be an absolute dream for me really um, I've been looking forward to my home home fight all year to be honest and um, I think everyone over here is very very excited about it as well. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. Absolutely unbelievable. Listen, I know I, I joked about Cardiff and the fight, and I absolutely adored it. One thing that I did do, actually, when, when in the middle of your fight in Cardiff, bear in mind that is an Anthony Joshua card, 78,000 yeah. people inside the Principality. There was at least fifty to fifty-five thousand people yeah. in watching a women's world title event. Yeah. That was just amazing. Yeah. Me and Gareth were sat there going, "Look at this! Look mm. how far yeah. the women's game has come." That must have been an incredibly proud moment for you. Oh, it was absolutely incredible. Even the atmosphere as, as I was walking out, I was, I was kind of a bit overwhelmed by it at the start. It was unbelievable, and um, to have a chance to box uh, an Anthony Joshua undercar from the world title was, was very, very special. But the support I've gotten all year from the fans in the UK have been, uh, has been absolutely exceptional, really. And um, I'm so grateful for that. And, you, and it was fight of the night. Let's be honest, Gareth, it was fight of the yeah. night, wasn't it? You stole the show. <laughs> Well, well, it was probably a bit too exciting, to be honest. I took away too many shots. But... Listen, listen, I'm all right with that. As a fan, I'm okay yeah. with that. Well, well, yeah, exactly. Well, Katie, Katie so was... I just lost a few brain cells, but well, Katie... it, was a, it was an exciting fight. I think you said famously yeah. on the night, Katie, that when you hit, knocked at uh, Nahi Sanchez down the first time, you were praying she'd just stay down, but oh, she got yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, I really was. Uh, I couldn't believe she got up really after nine seconds, I think. She just about made the count, and she, she was a very, very tough girl obviously she fought back uh, she fought right till the end uh, it definitely was an exciting fight to be involved in um, can I ask you, because I know it's one of the things, I mean, you and I were sitting at the um, Barclays uh, Centre in Brooklyn together at one of the fights earlier in the year. I can't yeah. remember which one it was now. And I was sitting with you and Floyd Mayweather came over and sat next to and, and you, you really want to see a woman blush? 
Katie. She's, <laughs> no. She went, she went, no, her body went stiff. Yeah. She went, oh, my God, it's Floyd Mayweather. It's Floyd Mayweather. You were completely starstruck. And, yeah, and I took yeah. a picture of you with him. But he, um, he knew exactly who you were, didn't he? Uh, I'm not sure if, if you knew yes, who he did. was at all, to be honest. Yes, he did. Listen, Katie, I keep an eye on your social media. There's a few people that know who you are. I've seen Conor McGregor asking for selfies and all sorts of stuff, my yeah. dear. They know who you are, kid. You're doing, you, you know uh, you're doing right. I, I don't know, but it was an absolute privilege to get a photo with, with Fly Mayweather, you know, the greatest boxer of a generation. So I definitely was starstruck in, in that moment. Um, and Gareth was there to witness the whole thing. So <laughs> I was a photographer, yeah. for goodness sake. I had to do the photo. No, it was like I was chatting to Katie was like, hang on a minute, Gareth, just take my phone yeah, and take yeah. a picture of me with him. That's what you are now here for officially. Take his picture. Let, let me tell, ask you one thing, and it sound, you sound in great form tonight. Um, you've always been shy in the public. Are you find, you, you know, you're so recognisable now. Are you finding it easier having a, uh, a public profile? Does it get easier as time goes on for you? Um, I'm not sure if it, if it gets easier. Um, I'm not sure it's, it's something that I'll ever be comfortable with. To be honest, I'm just I'm, I'm naturally a quiet person, and I keep a very simple life. But um, the support and well wishes from everyone has been fantastic. Williams, um, you know, since I have turned pro, I think the profile has gone gone up an awful lot. So I am obviously very very grateful for that, and it is important for the pro game as well. So I'm just trying to embrace it a bit more, I guess, and. And just trying to go along the flow, I suppose. Well, you're smashing it. You smashed Christmas it on cards it in the post. Yeah, you get that Christmas card sorted. You have a wonderful Christmas, yeah. Katie. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Cheers, Katie. Cheers. Looking forward to seeing her back in action in Dublin at some point next year. It's going to be amazing, isn't it? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, amazing. yeah. Uh, stick around uh, because also dazzling on uh, Katie's undercard midweek with Josh Kelly. We're going to track the pretty boy down and have a little bit of a chat with him. Biggie. He comes to the ring undefeated from Sunderland, England. It's Prince Josh Kelly! A lot of people think you want to be cocky and confident and brash and stuff like that and have the name, but I don't, I don't sort of look at myself like that. I'm just sort of a humble guy and I just take step by step and I'm, I'm loving it. I'm, I just love life and love what I'm doing. Couldn't give out of the way of everything. He's basically said to the trainer, I want out, but he doesn't just want to turn his back. Yep, it's that herky jerky movement and a good body shot there from Kelly with the left hand. Plenty of time in the round and he goes down and he shakes his head at the corner. It's all getting too much for Jean Michel Hamilcaro. Body shot again and in John Lewis steps in. There we go, all over. Josh Kelly wins and wins in style. Uh, now then, I've got a little bit of a bone to pick with our next guest, uh, mainly because I have uh, been shopping recently in JD Sports, Gareth. I've been oh, a- that's, that's a blatant advert. Is it? JD Sports, and you're probably sponsored by them, aren't you? No, I'm not, but he is. Okay, um, the reason enough, why I'm, I'm picking, right, <laughs> I'm, I'm picking um, a bone <laughs> with our next guest is because... You don't pick a bone with this guy. This guy could be the best welterweight in Britain right well, now. Listen, I can do this because he's on the phone. I won't do it face-to-face with him, all right? I'm picking a bone with him mainly because you go in JD Sports, you try on your trainers, you try on a new tracksuit, you put a nice little hoodie on, you go to the mirror and you stand there and you think, yeah, I look all right. Then you look up and you see pretty boy Kelly modelling the exact kit that you've got on and you think to yourself, I ain't got a cat in hell's chance. <laughs> I ain't it, got it, a cat it, in hell's it, chance, man. Look at him laughing at me now, right? <laughs> pretty boy's a handsome, he's a handsome he's devil. He's too good looking. He's, he's a handsome, I think, I haven't seen his ring sobriquet, his ring oh. moniker yet. <laughs> a Josh, handsome devil... 
Kelly. How does it sound? <laughs> Look, pretty, bo- pretty boy. This is what they call him, the pretty boy. No, That's what they no. call him. Handsome devil, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Josh, I know that you're laughing, right? But this is true, right? You must have a local JD Sports to you. And you must go in there and have a bit of a laugh because you're all over the gaff, mate. You're in the windows. You're everywhere. Yeah, I've been in a few places now, so... I mean, we started to get used to it. There was Chelsea at the start, but I'm starting to get a little bit used to it now, so it's coming a bit more normal, but it's, um, it's still a bit shock. It still gives you a bit of a shock when you walk down the shops and see yourself, I bet, see yourself in the windows. I bet, I bet your mates, I bet your missus gives you a little... I bet, how many times has your missus been in the local shop, right, and obviously you've been there modelling whatever you've been modelling, and she's had a <laughs> selfie with the with the cardboard cutout or something like that and sent it your way? <laughs> She loves it. She loves giving the big in when she goes down the JD Sports. So That's my lad. That's <laughs> my lad here. She's to be all over the gas at the moment, but no, it's going well. It's going good. She was telling us earlier that the cardboard cutout doesn't talk back. That's the only That's thing, it. you know. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, we, we were having a debate off air. A very, very warm welcome to you, anyway, Josh. It's lovely to have oh, you on you. the show. You really are. Good an out- yeah, no, you are an outstanding young talent. You, I don't know if I can call you a young talent, but you really are. Um, I'm, listen, I'm in love with him. I'm in love with him. Easy, easy. Not, it's Saturday night. No, no, no. And no. People not listening. the way. Listen, not the way he looks. I'm not that way inclined. I'm you, talking you, about the way he fights. That's what I'm saying. I, since I got into this Talk Sport Towers hours yeah. ago, the only name you've mentioned over and over and over again is Josh Kelly. Yeah. What's yeah. wrong with that? What's wrong? He's yeah. on the show, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's wrong with that? It's almost an obsession. All right. Okay. Yeah. Listen, but... take, take out one of them injunctions against me, mate, just in case <laughs> if I'm, I'm ever in Sunderland. But I will tell you this. I've been watching clips of this guy for a long time now. And you, Josh, when we were talking earlier in real terms about who we think is the best welterweight in the country... I mean, I know you've, what is it, five fights now? That's it. Five in. I mean, I I, I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful to Bradley Skeet. I don't want to be disrespectful to Amicon. But you know what? Your movement from the waist, your command of range, your power, your ability to go to the head and body, your fighting IQ, you could be the best welterweight in Britain right now, as far as I'm concerned. And and you're going to prove it over the next year, I think, you know? Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, why the booth? Um, You never know what can happen because he's he's, um, he's such a. He's a student in the game himself, and he, he, he knows well. He knows everything. Not a student. He's a master. Like, you, you know what he is? He's, he's not even a master. He's the Dark Lord. I call him. Yeah. <laughs> he's the dark he lord, is a. He, he is. He, he has got a direct line to Darth Vader. Yeah. yeah I reckon he has. He. Uh, no. Yeah, he and we call we call Adam the Dark Lord because he he's got great sense about boxing, and he grabbed me. Uh, I think it was about a year ago. When did you start working with him? A year ago. Um, around about a year ago. So yeah. just After Christmas. After Christmas. Yeah. He grabbed after, me. He grabbed me, we were at a press conference, and he said, come here. He said, I want you to... No, no, seriously, the Dark Lord grabbed me. He took me into a dark corner in the press conference. Well, hang on a minute. What type, what, said, what type of show are you taking us to now? He took you to a dark corner. And I said, yes, father. What? No, he took me into a dark corner, and he said, go and watch Josh Kelly. Go and watch clips. He said, I am now working with the most talented kid I have ever worked with wow. in my life. It's madness, that. Isn't it? It's madness to come from him, to be fair, because when I went to him, it was a bit of a shell. I was shell shocked myself. I my Adam Booth. I thought, as if he's it's just like, I'm going down there to work with him, because I've only ever grew up watching him in the corner with David A and watching yeah. him in big fights. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm working with him now, but he's gradually become like a, he's gradually become not just a coach, but. Somebody who looks after his outside and a good friend, to be fair, now. So um, I just look at him as Adam now, so he's, <laughs> he's sweet. He's actually such a nice man outside the ring as well, so it's good. 
Well, you look at the people he's worked with. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, had, he's had great time with Ryan Burnett recently as well. Um, yeah. he, he's worked with Andy Lee, took him to a world title. I mean, I know other people yeah. work with Andy as well, but he, he, he finessed him at the end. David Hay and his pomp. Look Absolutely. what he did for David Hay. Absolutely. He was a yeah. great cruiserweight, but he, everything David Hay achieved at heavyweight was a bonus. You look at the there size of David. I was with him last night in Newcastle. He's not a natural heavyweight, but he's got the speed and power, and they knew how to employ it. George Groves, he never quite got George there. Adam Booth, I tell you, is one of the most talented trainers and psychologists we've ever seen in this country. He's but a very clever... Mean, that's what I'm saying. He gets, he gets, inside, and gets inside your head as well. He gets mm. inside your head and... Um, it just just gives me that confidence when I'm boxing at the moment. It's um, it seems to be, I'm seeing he's going from strength to strength for him. And to be fair, I can't, I can't see he's going wrong when I'm when I'm boxing around a booth. So the only thing is, he wears too much aftershave sometimes. You, you can tell him that from me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah he wears too much. Too, wears too much aftershave sometimes. <laughs> You've just, you've just mentioned. Really like that one, you know. Yeah, make like, sure you put. Have to follow up on that. Yeah, pull him up on it, mate. Listen, you've just mentioned David Hayes' name there. We've seen Amir Khan in the jungle recently. I want to talk to you about reality TV because this is a long yeah. time down the line. This Josh, long time down the line. You've got world titles <laughs> to win, but when you call this yeah. a day, if you don't go on Strictly Come Dancing with your footwork, right? <laughs> You need to get on there, sunshine. I've seen you in them shirts oh, all cut up, cut up to. I tell you, you never know, you know. You'd you love it, man. Peter's been, Peter's been saying, "Well, that's strictly," you know. I said, "No," like I said to you, I said, "I'm, in, I'm totally focused and dedicated to this boxing." I said, "You never know the footwork might fade when I get a bit older, and the knees might get a little bit weak, so I can't. Um, I might not get be able to dance as good as I do in the ring." Just, um, just finally, just finally, Josh, this, you're going to love this, right? Because I don't know if Gareth had seen this. Um, that picture of you and your missus that went viral when she was holding a tree. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, I didn't know that she could have Have you seen oh, it? She yeah. Have you seen it? Oh, she was human. She was human when that face came on. She went, because she went, you haven't put any photos up with me lately. Anyway, well, right, yeah, I went, I'll put this, I said, it's a lovely photo, this would be you. She went, yeah, look nice there, I went, go on and put it, put it up, next thing you know, there's someone, I woke up the next day with this tweet saying, doesn't this girl look like she's holding a tree? And I thought, that's exactly right, nothing of this tweet, I thought, yeah, I'm just going to die out. A good thousand, thousand retweets, this, that and the other, I thought, that'll die out. I didn't mention any of the misses, I thought, I'll just keep it quiet, I thought, she doesn't need to know this, and I went running, come back, checked it. It went all over that Bible. I thought, oh, my God, she come in. She was going off. I said, she get that photo took down. I thought, oh, my God, you know what it is? This photo's went. It went, it went um, Daily Mail in Australia, Daily News. I went, oh, it went all over. They'd been in my life for about a month. <laughs> oh, 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 and she, and this, this woman come up and said, are you, um, are you the tree lady? <laughs> <laughs> This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> Are you the cheerleader? I'll, 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 I went, oh, look, love, I says, you uh, can't mention that verse. She'll, she'll, she'll have you over this bar in a minute. She'll, she'll call me Are you the cheerleader? Oh, mate, I'm telling you, I'm Brilliant, brilliant. Listen, yeah, man, okay. brilliant. What a superb story. Listen, have a wonderful Thanks. Christmas, Josh. Thanks for being on the show, buddy. And um, we're looking forward to seeing you doing your thing in 2018. Take care, man. Oh, God, mate. Thank you, boss. Cheers, Cheers Josh. Bye. Good night. What a lad. What a lad. If you haven't seen that picture, by the way, I'm going to put it on our social media now. You're going to love it. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis on Talk Sport. If you've only just joined us, firstly, where have you been? But don't worry, this will be available as a podcast. Uh, you'll be able to hear again from Gary Corcoran, the brilliant Katie Taylor, and the hilarious Josh Kelly. He was on top form a couple of moments ago. Are you the tree lady? He's probably the quote of the night so far. I've no doubt there's going to be a few more quotes uh, for you right now because my illustrious colleague this week uh, was in Wolverhampton on Wednesday on stage with the Gypsy King himself uh, doing the first, uh, well, it was a Q&A to start with, but then you did the first ever interview with Tyson Fury off the back of the news this week from uh, his UK AD hearing. Yeah, well, obviously he was exonerated. Uh, well, he took the retrospective two-year ban on the Tuesday. And, I think um, compromise is the word, yeah, isn't we it? T- in fact, you know what? I spoke to him before we went on stage because we, we sat in the green room, Adam, and um, we had dinner together before we went on stage in front of 350 people who were singing the, There's Only One Tyson Fury Walking in a Fury Wonderland. And it really was on the night. But when I sat down with him in the green room, um, he was brilliant, and, and here he is. Um, I asked him how he felt after he knew he could apply for his boxing licence again. I felt, uh, felt good, to be honest. I, um, I always knew that the truth would come out and that I'd be able to fight again. Mm. So I'm over the moon, I'm happy now. But there was a sense that you, you know, even a few weeks before that, that you, you I mean, obviously you came on Talk Sport with me and you said, well, I don't really know if I'm going to get through it, but... We watched loads of videos of you the last few weeks where you really had the, the bit between your teeth. Yeah. And, and, you, and you could see you really, really want to come back, that you've got that. I know you said you're a quarter of a mile down a 10-mile road at the moment, but yeah. the desire's there, isn't it? Definitely. I'm um, back on track, training hard, working hard, focusing mentally, doing all the right things. If you hadn't come through it, though, would it have been devastating for you mentally? Yeah, um, I'd have got on with my life, really. It was what it was. I needed to know what was going on over yay or nay. Mm. And I was just a bit, a bit in limbo land, to be honest. Mm. It, was, um, it wasn't a good experience, but, you know, we uh, live and learn, don't we? Well, one of the great things for you, having been two years away, even though it wasn't at the time, is that 
you beat Vladimir Klitschko and, you know, the day we spent with you when you got the Ring magazine belt up in Morecambe, you were almost hinting that you that you almost weren't motivated again because you'd reached this Everest in a sense. Yeah, but now I'm motivated again. Mm. Um, the like landscape you changed when you were away. You yeah, know? like you wouldn't believe, I've got the motivation back. Mm. I've got the burning desire back. Practically because there's a lot of naysayers out there and they don't believe that I can beat practically anybody. Probably don't even believe I can win a six-round fight again. So I just want to prove that I can, basically. And, and the fact that, you know... By the time perhaps you fight Anthony Joshua, he may have the three belts that you held. If he beats Joseph Parker, will be even more motivation. Yeah, well, he's been a good little polisher boy. You know, he's been polishing my belts up nice and uh, nice and shiny while he's got them. He's been holding on to them, keeping them warm. Um, yeah, the WBO, the IBF, and the WBA. They were all my belts that I vacated. I didn't lose. Um, but to be honest, they don't mean anything to me, them belts, because I have the ultimate to supremacy. The lineage belt that traces back to the same lineage as John L. Sullivan, Jack Johnson, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson. I have that belt. None of these heavyweight champions have any hold to the throne of the lineage. Not at all. You can only become it by beating the man who beat the man who beat the man who beat the man. Going back 200 years. And, and, and you, you deal with, with, with Joshua easily in the ring? You, you look at his boxing skills and yours and you know, many people feel they don't compare. I'm kryptonite too, or somebody like that. He's a big, strong lad, good power, good physique. What else can I say? Good looking, um, whatever. But there's levels to this game, and my boxing ability is way, way, way more advanced than these. But does it excite you as well for the British public that? Um... This is potentially, well, it will be, the, the, the biggest, biggest paper, the biggest fight we've probably ever seen here. I don't think you're going to get a bigger one, but I'll tell you what it is. What will people say when the fat gypsy king gets in there and makes this Adonis look like a child? What are they going to say? He was a fluke. He was over the hill. He wasn't ready. He was inexperienced. He slipped. I don't know what they're going to say, but you're going to see it sooner or later. Because I won't be rushed into coming back and fighting hard people straight away. You know, I've had two and a half years out of the ring. I've been drinking and eating my way through the country. And, um, and I'm, I'm not a silly man. I'm very, very sharp when it comes to business and boxing especially. And nobody will rush me into anything. I'll go when I'm ready. When I feel I'm physically sharp, able, on point, and I'm a match-fit fighter again, that's when you'll see me take on what I, in my opinion, the bums. Could this potentially then, with what happened yesterday and the fact you're backed, I know, I'm back, I know you have to go through your hearing with a boxing board of control, but one... I don't, I don't have to go through nothing. No, it's, it, you, because, you just need to reapply then, do you? Well, hold yeah. on a minute, yeah, I've just got to get this straight as well. I've done a video earlier. Mm. Everyone knows to be a part of the British Boxing Board of Control, you have to get your licence every year. You have to pay your fee. You get a little sticker that says 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. I've not applied for any licences from the Boxing Board of Control since 2015, since I beat Klitschko. I've not paid any fees. Mm. I've, uh, I have not got a licence for the Boxing Board of Control anymore. So for them to try and talk to me and say, oh, well, you need to speak to us first about relicensing, who says I'm even going to get relicensed by the Boxing Board of Control? Nobody. 
They don't hold no holds on me at all, nothing. Mm. I've never had a licence with them since 2015. You mean you might go independent then? I might go with somebody else, mm. who knows? Mm. Mm. There's many, many boxing organisations mm. out there mm. who with open arms won't welcome me. Mm. So whatever makes the best sense for me, then I'll do. But it's by far, by no means a far-gone conclusion that I'm ever going to reapply for the Boxing Border Control licence. You put me straight there, but what, where I was heading towards was there's four of you undefeated in the world at the moment. Yourself with a ring belt, Deontay Wilder with the WBC, Joseph Parker with the WBO, Anthony Joshua with the BA and the BF. We thought we saw the beginning of the Tyson Fury era on 29th of November 2015 with that incredible night in Dusseldorf when you beat Vladimir Klitschko. You didn't just beat him, you schooled him. Could this now be the, begin- the real beginning of the Tyson Fury era? They say everything happens for a reason. And I say we've got... Someone labelled it four kings today. But I labelled it three peasants and a king. There's only one king in the division, and that's me. The Mac is back! The Mac is back indeed. He was on good form on Wednesday for you. Well, that was the warm-up for us going on stage. You can imagine what it was like when we went on stage. And he's always brilliant with me, you know, as he was with us on the show the other day. And, you know, I think with... (laughs) It, there's an art to what we do as as journalists around this sport with fighters. We've had a lot of fun with Katie Taylor and Josh Kelly tonight. With Tyson Fury, if you want to have a joke about this, that and the other and be like you're in the gym and your lad's in the banter in the dressing room, which is what some people do on social media with him, and he gets, I think, I think misinterpreted, and I really do because he's messing around, because we had a bit of a laugh before we started recording. If you settle him down and say, I am doing a serious interview with you now, this is going out. He he was lucid, eloquent, articulate then, and he knew all his arguments and his reasons for what he wanted to do, what he wanted to be and what he wanted to do and where he wanted to go in 2018. And that, for me, that Tyson Fury we're listening to right there, that's the one, Adam, if he can get to 19 stone, if he can do his hard work, if he can go in knowing mentally he can beat the likes of Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, he'll regain his place as the number one in the division. A lot of chat from fans, a lot of chat from promoters who want to work with him about the speed of which we're going to see um, Tyson Fury back in the ring. However, from that conversation that I'm hearing with yourself there, he's very switched on. He understands where he's currently at. He's been out the ring for a period of time, even though he is the man that beat the man. He needs a little bit of a warm-up, a little bit of ring rust to be blown off. I don't think we're going to see anything till the back end of next year or not even 2019, maybe. Maybe. I mean, he has hinted at that. I think you're spot on with that because if he doesn't feel he's right, I mean, he mentioned Samuel Peters and Shannon Briggs off air um, as potential kind of warm-up opponents. He said he'd toy with them. They were peasants as well. Um, But the thing is with Tyson... I think what you've got to realise, when he says there's one king and three peasants, I'll deal with the bums when I get when I get to it. It's fighting talk, you know, and, and it's not, there's nothing malicious about it with him. Mm. It's business. And he, he knows how to sell a fight. Tell me other boxers that, that take the microphone and sing. We were both singing Elvis up on stage as it happens. There was an Elvis impersonator. And the, the, he, he has a sense, he has the X factor of what he needs to do. He knows that at some point that they will try and minimise the risks for Anthony Joshua against him. So they'll try and either rush him back quickly or they'll avoid him for a longer period for, for Joshua to develop. Um, but 
Joshua and Hearn also know there's no bigger fight on earth oh. than the Gypsy King versus the the, the artifice of the villain and and the good guy, the good the bad guy who's gone good. All these kind of ingredients, if you like, that 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 will will kind of put into a melting pot, a potpourri of stories for for a big build up. And also, there will be a lot of debate. No, if AJ lands, he'll knock Fury out. No, Fury will command him behind the jab as he did to Klitschko. Look what he did to Klitschko. Yes, Joshua stopped Klitschko. But but uh, Fury out, out completely outboxed him. It's worth a hundred, probably fifty million pounds each to those men to have that fight. Mm. Uh, it's as much as that. So they know how big it is, and also he will want fifty percent of that fight. Mm. You know of that purse. So it, listen, if if it never happens, if a fight between Anthony Joshua and and Tyson Fury never happens, it'll be a travesty between them. Right now, they've got they're pretty similar age. 28 and 29, I think they are. 45 fights undefeated. You know, both of them have beaten Vladimir Klitschko, reigned for almost a decade. It's made to happen, but the timing, as you say, is going to be the key thing. No, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting as well to see how Tyson goes about getting back in because just give us a quick, brief um, synopsis of the current situation between himself and Peter, who was training for such a long period of time. Well, he's got Ben Davison looking after him at the moment, uh, who's very good with fitness. And, you know, I think he, the Tyson was saying he's lost three and a half stone. He's got probably another four to lose. Um, extraordinary, really. But he is a massive man. I mean, you only need to stand next to him. And he was brilliant with everyone on the night, by the way. That Everyone loves having fun with him. Um, I think... Peter Fury will still be advising him technically. I mean, he's brought him a long way. They're a family, the Fury, steeped in fight sports, remember. Um, you know, they, they, it's, they, they talk... You t- you sit with Tyson. He's like an encyclopedia about. He watches everything that's gone on. He's over with Billy Joe Saunders yeah, tonight in Canada, in yeah. Canada and he's gone to Montreal to to support Billy Joe, fellow traveller, of course. Um, he's encyclopedic. He watches everything that's going on. He's very very knowledgeable. And you know what? The thing is with Tyson. Yes, he sells, and yes, he he kind of kind of exaggerates the odd thing, but he really knows his boxing deeply. Um, and I think he'll also know that the advice of Peter in the corner, Peter. Got him through the Klitschko fight. John, his father, was there as well. They're, they're all they're old hands at it, you know. They're fighting men, hmm. you know. Um, so they'll be there somewhere in the pictures, no doubt about it. Uh, looking forward to it. It's good news for the heavyweight division that Tyson is back in the mix. I hope he doesn't rush back, and we hope that we do get to see that fight with Anthony Joshua at some point in the not too distant future. Uh, you listen to Fight Night on Talksport next. I'm taking you to the Hall of Fame. We've been very blessed uh, since we started this show, Gareth, with the Hall of Fame that we have brought uh, to Fight Night. Every single week on this day in history, there seems to be something of real magnitude uh, to put um, into our very 
uh, illustrious Hall of Fame. Last week, we chucked in Ricky Hatton's fans after a fantastic trip. Great call. Uh, to uh, Las Vegas against uh, Floyd Mayweather. Nobody's done that, and nobody will do that again. To that amount December of the 7th, 2007, oh, no? Was it December the 7th or 8th, the 8th? I think the 8th was it, Absolutely yeah. I was there. I mean, it was amazing. So it was so week. big at the time, you know. We did a four-page um, broadsheet supplement in the Telegraph, which was unheard of, just on just on the Hatton Mayweather fight. I mean, it was extraordinary. You know, they they drank the bars dry. Of course they did. Um, Ricky Hatton fans, we're northern. They, of course they, we are, son. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it was it was. <laughs> I've never known anything like it. I suppose a bit of Conor McGregor was like it, but I'll never ever forget it. And the legacy of all those brilliant fans, that, which is why they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And I know I was over at the Copper Box and didn't talk about this with you last week. Is that They've never forgotten Hatton and those fans in Vegas. They mm. they will never forget them because what they loved was everyone got absolutely caned but behaved themselves. They did. They know? did. It was an epic, epic week, um, which sadly um, the hitman came up slightly short. Well, well everybody started, had a good. But, but you know what? Time. That was Joe Cortez's fault because he let Mayweather use his elbows on mm. on Hatton all night because he'd been told that Hatton was a rough fighter, and. Mayweather was the rough guy on the night. It was mm. unbelievable. Listen, it was a great occasion. Ricky had already had his Everest against Costa Zoo, mm. as we know now, um, you know, a couple of years earlier. Anyway. But, um, anyway, yeah, sorry. That, let's that, that was last on. week. That was last week. <laughs> I just wanted to signpost it that that was what we've, what we've been doing over the last few weeks. Uh, tonight, this is, I'm really excited about tonight because it is 20 years. Mm. Uh, the 19th of December, 1997 is when this happened. If you're a boxing fan of any... Any shape or form, you will know about this particular fight. You'll know about this particular fighter. He was, in the 1990s, the most exciting thing on two legs. Let me tell you. His leopard skin shorts, his fancy ring walks, he had the lot. I am, of course, referring to the one and only Prince Nazim Ahmed. This was his American debut. It is that fight that he's going into the Hall of Fame this mm. evening mm. against Kevin Kelly. What an epic four rounds. We didn't even get full a full four rounds. It fell short of four rounds, but it was absolutely outrageous. Just let me, let me give you a little bit of a synopsis of this, all right? So first of all, this is Prince Naz's American debut. He walks second against the WBC champ. He's already in the ring, he's Kevin Kelly. He's, enjoy, he's, he's done his ring walk. He's waiting for the fight. He's sat there waiting. Naz decides to have a dance behind Will Smith's Men in Black behind a screen for five minutes, mm. silhouetted against the wall. Five minutes! He hasn't even started his ring walk yet. Then all of a sudden, another tune kicks in and he starts to make his ring walk. I think the actual uh, final time was seven minutes, 30 seconds for a full ring walk from start to finish. It was absolutely ridiculous. The scenes of Kevin Kelly being on the ring uh, apron, isn't there, on the, on the ropes, jumping into the crowd near enough saying, get that clown in the ring, we want to go toe-to-toe. And boy, did they go toe-to-toe. Ahmed, down in the first and in the second. Kelly also down in the second. A very cautious third, which then brought us to the fourth, which saw Kelly down, followed by Ahmed, followed by Kelly. But then that time, the American didn't make the 10 count. Three times apiece they were down. Ahmed coming through before we saw the start of the fifth round. It was absolutely sensational, wasn't it, Gareth? It was quite amazing, of course, because it was the first fight that Nassim Hamid had fought in America, as you say, and his first fight on home box office, HBO, who really were the big channel at the time with Showtime. And um, boxing was a huge thing right then. He'd, he'd travelled over to America on Concord. It was this heralded US debut. Of course, what Naz had done under Frank Warren here... It, obviously, he'd, he'd fought at um, Super Bantam and, uh, and, and Featherweight... And 
with his extraordinary powerful legs, this incredible style that Harold Graham had had that was kind of um, a devotee of the Brendan Ingle system, um, hands down, swaying from the waist like a, like a cobra. Um, and the thing about Naz was he could find angles to throw punches. Ridiculous. And he, and, and the, they come the, from out all yeah. places, wouldn't and, they? And his rotation on, on very powerful legs and very flexible hips and, 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 and brilliant, brilliant um, hand-eye coordination was that he was able to destroy people. But not only that, he was a natural show-off in front of the cameras. I spent time with him on my own in places like um, the Pocono Mountain Resort. And, you know, he tried to convert me to Islam one day. He's a very cool guy. And I still find him a cool... I've actually just, believe it or not, just uh, tried to WhatsApp him, see if he'll call in if he's listening to us. And it would be brilliant if you do, Naz, if you are listening. Because he... What he did brilliantly, up until this fight, and I know this is the fight that's going in, Naz had made every fight about him. Yeah. And that's what he did so brilliantly. It wasn't about... He he psychologically destroyed opponents before he even arrived there. Because he had K the left and he had O the right and they were God given inshallah he was knocking out everyone and he spoke like this that his powers were God given that he was the prince he was a Yemeni of course and he had grown up upstairs above a of a corner shop with his mum and dad working a corner shop with however many siblings he had seven or eight I knew all his five or six brothers at one time Riath was his was his manager Mm. And Brendan Ingle's gym was 50 yards down the road. And if you ever go to the Winko Bank gym, the Ingle gym in Sheffield, Nazim Hamid's parents' shop is the green corner shop about 50 yards up on the right. And so he'd grown up in the shadow of the gym and been going there since he was a five-year-old kid. He learned everything. He was so skillful. I think he probably could have played sport, probably played football, anything, because he was so skilled. But when he went to America, having made everything about himself, he was a massive star already. You know, this is a guy that came on a magic carpets into the ring. I mean, come on. He walked through a graveyard mm. on, um, you know, when he fought Mexican and Mexican independence. Walked through, I know it was a Halloween fight. Yeah. Walked through a graveyard to... Wayne McCulloch, the, the, that fight. It was Wayne McCulloch, was it? Yeah, it was... I, I just remember the graveyard. But the, 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 the he, knocked, arena. he knocked the head off a skeleton on, as, he, right. as he walked and, to and, the and, ring. And, and, they, and this all lit up along on his... It was so weird, to be honest. But... Um, the thing is about him, when he went to fight Kevin Kelly, this was the former WBC champion. Mm. This was a guy who had great skills. He, he was actually really stepping up in class for the first time. And for once, and he did listen here, he had to keep his hands up. And his style changed. Because he was knocked down three times, you say. He knocked Kelly down three times. It was the most... It was like two men trying to fight on ice, almost. It looked that way. Mm. And they let everything go. Kelly was an arrogant, beautiful fighter as well. Bumped into him a few times in recent years. He's always around the boxing circuit. Always around the New York scene. Great man. Great man. Still in decent shape. Um, But that was the night, in a way, weirdly, even though it's going into the Hall of Fame, that, that... I nearly called him Amir Khan then. Nazim Hamid's um, flaws in some ways of not keeping his hands up when he fought certain people were exposed. But it was a thriller and America fell in love with him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely fell in love with him. And off the back of that, if you have never seen this fight, maybe you're a little bit younger than myself and Gareth, get on YouTube now. Nazim Ahmed, Kevin Kelly, don't skip the ring walk, right? Yeah, <laughs> don't exactly. skip the ring walk. I know it's a bit epic, but it's all part of the story. Everything about it is part of this story. Nazi's ring walk into that first round where everything starts quite well. Nazi's well on top in the first round, and then all of a sudden he comes in a little bit too close, and as he's backing away, 
Chin chin. He gets absolutely dingling, doesn't he? And over he goes. It's a sensational first round, which then leads into some of the most amazing, amazing boxing that we've seen in recent times. He's 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 um. The last time I saw, I mean, I'm on his WhatsApp, by the way, he's got a photograph of Muhammad Ali. That, that, that's what Naz is like. He thinks he's one of the greatest. I think he is. I loved working with him. And, and he said to me last year, we had a lunch with him at, uh, in Soho at uh, Little Italy, where we have a lunch every year, the boxing writers with one of the boxers. This year it was James DeGale. Last year it was Nazi Muhammad. In fact, um, I'll say this on air. I tried to get him and Brendan Ingle back together, but him and Brendan Ingle, of course, fell out. And Brendan's old now, and he didn't want to meet up with Naz again. I'd love to have been able to get them back together because it was brilliant to work with them both. But Naz said the one boxer who reminds him of himself today is Conor McGregor. And I get that because he knows how to move a crowd. He knows how to draw people. Naz had this natural ability to light up when the cameras were on, mm. and Ali had that as well. Mm, there you go. Our Hall of Fame entry... Uh, this week is the 1997 clash. 19th of December, I know we're a couple of days before that, but 19th of December, 1997, Prince Nazim's American debut against Kevin Kelly, which he won in the fourth round by knockout. Sweet Caroline. Damn, damn, damn. You're peeking. Listen. Smudge, Smudge, he's the uh, producer of this show. I, I said to him, um, before this show started, I'm we're going to have to get a few sing-along fine. songs for our Christmas special next week, our review of the year okay. next week. We mentioned this one, and he's, look at him. He's supposed to keep the powder dry, sunshine. Hey, You're not hey, supposed baby. to. He's gone in early, it's hasn't a pr- it? It's a pretty thing, isn't mm. it, baby? It's a pretty thing, Smudge. It's Neil Diamond, it's not Elvis. Listen, what are you doing I, that for? I, I don't do Neil Diamond, baby. I just do Elvis, okay? Because we're talking Vegas in a minute, aren't we? With, mm. You know? Listen, it's quite apt uh, that you are playing that song, and I'll tell you why it's quite apt that you're playing that song, Smudge, right? Because our next guest, um, who was fighting last weekend, sadly it didn't go his way. In Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, of course, yes. Um, and off the back of that fight, a picture of him has kind of gone viral. <laughs> but... He was out last night. To surgeons everywhere. No, no, no. Forget last, forget last week. Oh. He was out last night with his mates. All the Liverpool fight scene. They go out on a, on a, on a Christmas do. Yeah. The boys got together last night. Big price he were knocking about. Oh, they were all at it last were they, night. Were they all doing ear selfies or and, not? Well, they were all singing a bit of uh, a bit of that from Neil Diamond. So it's oh, quite apt that you did that. Well nice. done, Smudge. Oh, I see. It. Nice. I get you. I get you. Mm. I'm not wrong with that, am I, uh, Stephen Smith? I'm not wrong that you were on the karaoke last night enjoying yourself. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Good laugh. <laughs> I think Big Place stole the show. Like, what was it? What was his number? What did he do? Uh, Sonata, that's life. Did he? Oh. That's life. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you're not. You're not pricey, you son. You can't. You can't hold a tune like Pricey. I bet Pricey sings the lowest, <laughs> deepest for Sinatra you've yeah. ever heard. Yeah. No? Yeah. He's not yeah. a crooner. He's a deep singer, isn't he? There yeah. must be a big old bass on him. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still there, Stephen? We're just f- falling on the old signal there. Are you still there, mate? Yeah, mate, can you hear me? No, it's like Liverpool, you see. It's Liverpool. It's yeah. a, it's a, the weather's not as good up there at this moment in time. Oh. Snow's coming. Isn't that right, mate? It is, mate, yeah. It's getting very cold, like. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, off the back of last weekend, um, Mandalay Bay, Las Vegas, um, we'll talk about the ending and then we'll talk about the fight first because, obviously, the pictures that went round after the fight have gone crazy viral. Um yeah. I noticed that when I was watching it, it didn't. It didn't seem to me that it struck you straight away. The severity of where Uriel was at and 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 what had actually happened. Did you know straight away, or did you need to look at the big screen or something to figure out the yeah. severity or what? Yeah, to be honest, I got a buzz on it in round two, and it was just a problem from there. It was 
it was constantly like between filling up or whatever, it was super swelling up. Yeah. So I knew then around three onwards it was going to be sore tomorrow. I remember thinking to myself, it's going to be sore here tomorrow. It's just, <laughs> it was a problem. But as it was going on, obviously, then around nine, I got another, another head buzz on it. And I just thought, oh, say it again, know what I mean? And I had to referee, said fine, brought me to the corner. I thought, oh, I must have cut my head. But I thought, why are you bringing me to the doctor if, you know, it's not going in my eye, it's not going to stop the fight? Mm. And then as I walked towards the corner, I could see Joe with two hands on his head, and I thought, what's up with him? As I looked up at the screen, I could see me like flopping about, so I knew it was bad then. Yeah. Apparently, Stephen, um, the. Um... <laughs> Joe could barely. Uh, Joe was wondering if the fight was going to go on. He couldn't understand it. And, and when the doctor removed it, the, the hands from around your ears, and Joe saw it, he told you straight away, Stephen, you just can't go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understood. Obviously, you know that the fight wasn't going to go on, but I just didn't know what was going on, how bad it was. Yeah. And then, as I seen it on the screen, the doctor was asking for tape to tape me. Yeah, and I was saying no chance. But any, any any looser, and you wouldn't have been able to see anyway because it'd have been flapping around in front of your eyes. No, mate. Yeah. Listen, lads. Listen, he's hard as nails. He's a scouser. I know he is. Tape I it know up. He put is. some put some duct tape on that <laughs> and get me back in. What's the matter with you? I've got to. Yeah, what, that's I, what he's asking for anything. <laughs> uh, one of the things I do know about the four of you, of course, you're, you're four of you are all boxing brothers. You're a brilliant family. Um, your mother Margaret, who I talk about very often on these boxing shows. Now Margaret yep. can't watch any of your fights, Stephen. So, no. when did Margaret did find out, react, and how did Come she on. react to it? She just like goes and like when we're at home, she goes and plays bingo and makes make sure she turns the phone on when it's back on. And obviously at home, she was you know, it was the middle of the night, she was in bed, and then my dad actually phones when we were at the hospital. She didn't know. I just said to let, let her know, let her know I'm okay. And mm. Tell me, tell me, she's not, please tell me that she's not on social media, mate, because she'd have seen that straight away in her social media feed the no, day after. She, she stays off a while. The boxing, <laughs> <laughs> mm. Very odd, though. So from from you, you go into the ring, the fight starts, and I, I understand within sixty minutes because you went straight to hospital. Was it Valley yeah. Medical Centre you were at suddenly? Um, it was the UCM, yeah. Yeah, and and so, and and they were brilliant with you. Fifty stitches in the ear, Swifty. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's an incredible job. Yeah, they were, to be honest, with you, when I got there, it was a bit surreal. They were just like old, old part of me, and they were like, "That's cartilage, that's skin." Yeah, well, nothing's missing. We'll be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to borrow something from somewhere else. Yeah, they were like, "Nothing's missing. We'll be okay." And I think you make it as normal as you can, please. And, they done obviously they stitched all the inside and then the outside and then they stitched like a, a pack in the ear to keep it compressed and stop it getting like a cauliflower in. Yeah. Worked, it's worked. I can't pass them off. How have the kids reacted? Because I know you you got young kids similar <laughs> similar ages to mine, mate. I bet they've been jumping all over you this week. Yeah. Delighted to see you because you've been out in camp. Have you been like going, No, not not that side, just just play on this side of me at the moment? Yeah, one and they'd have to be a little bit gentle when I get home, but uh, me oh. just think but but even even though um obviously you know i know no will come to this in a minute about the fight itself yeah. um uh julio Savizar chavez senior made a beeline for you after the fight um yeah. to, to shake your hand and wanted to know you as well didn't he because he he recognized that you weren't quitting didn't care whether your arm was hanging off let alone your ear you weren't quitting and i hear that was a a nice moment for you Unbelievable for myself. I was stood in the reception of the hotel. It was the next day, and um, we were just 
doesn't accept him waiting to go out and uh, it just looks and just knowing you just catch eyes, someone's yeah. pointing that you're walking towards it, it, it it's you know, it's Chavez, he's an absolute legend in boxing and I thought but when it was required I thought, Oh, he's pointing at me and then he come over and he was like he was making gestures like about how brave it was and stuff and putting his thumb up and he was uh, yeah, like got a picture with me and now and it was dead surreal but I was made up he's Mm. I knows the boxing knows how good that man was, and mm. even even though he was something else, never mind. Like I get a picture with me, mate. Forget that, right? Forget all all the things that you've achieved, amateur career, Commonwealth go, all these things. Like in Sydney, when you're on the top of the podium, forget that. When you retire, when you call it a day, the story you are telling is that Chavez, Chavez, the main Chavez, not Chavez Junior, the yeah. main Chavez, yeah, he yeah, asked for a selfie one. with you. That's yeah. that. That's the score. That's it, mate. That, that, that's just something else. I can sit and watch his fight all day. That was. But I was standing there, I was going with my wife, and she was like, Who's that? And I said, Who? <laughs> Who you messing? I said, Jay, he was like 96 and all before he lost the fight. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Blame fair about him. It was just, it was serious. And, and you hadn't slept, had you? Because st- I think you must have had the painkillers yeah. for the ear, and you stayed up all night to watch Liverpool, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, mate. I got back to the room and Obviously, where I was on a trip in the hospital and stuff, it started wearing off, and the pain was unbelievable. To be honest, the next day, and then in the night, I was just, I was terrified of sleeping. I kept thinking, I'll, I'll roll over and I'll wake up with a happy pillow on me and, mm. and going through thinking I can't roll on this. And it was a, it was too sore. So I just stayed up, lip over on at six o'clock in the morning, so I watched them. And I bet you, I bet you wish night. you had it now, Swifty. After that, eh? I know. I was close to life. To be honest with you. <laughs> And then, like, but every uncle us wanted to watch me out on and he's a beautiful. He was jumping down the reception, felt like killing him. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, re- w- let's get on to the fight because I don't know whether you've had enough time to analyse that after what's happened with the, with the injury and what have you. As the dust settles now on that fight, how do you look back at it? Fantastic opportunity to fight Francisco yeah. Vargas in, in Vegas at Mandalay Bay. Wonderful opportunity. Yeah. How do you look at it now? And to be honest with you, as a whole, it didn't, it didn't start well enough. I don't think I fought well. Um, you know, I felt like I could get into the fight and start for some reason. No, I could mm. camp up. I was in good shape. You've seen the way I was coming off the ground towards the end, how fit I was. But um, I couldn't get it. took me a while to get remember in that seven, I had a very good run. And I was thinking, why has it took me that long? Because mm. no, I don't think he was he was that he was that good. Um, and himself, but everything he'd done, I was sort of agreed and I was expecting, but which wasn't the best of me on my own performance, but it was one that I think I can learn from and mm. I know I'm better than, but it's just a frustrating night at the start. Mm. You have a fantastic break, mate. Enjoy Christmas with the kids Thanks, and, the, and the missus and what have you, and we'll catch you back in 2018, all right, pal? Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it, mate. Take Super. care, guys. Cheers, Stephen. Have a great Take Christmas. Me. Cheers. Take care. All the best. Top man, what a guy. Uh, Stephen Smith there um, went viral last week off the back of that fight, which he uh, sadly lost to Francisco Vargas. No great shame in that. Francisco Vargas is going to go down as a legend, fighting in Vegas. Big opportunities for both men. It just didn't go Swifty's way, but he's earned a lot of credit off the back of that fight, man. He has, and, you know, I I asked him about um, Cesar Chavez Sr. for that simple reason, Adam, that when you've got... I mean, for the listeners, uh, the younger listeners, this guy wasn't just a legend in Mexico. He is one of the greatest sports stars Mexico's ever produced. I mean, ever. I've got one yeah. boxing T-shirt. Whose name's on it? Chavez. Chavez. Yeah, it's and, all and, there, man. And, 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 and the thing is this. We remember what happened to Anthony Crollo when he tackled burglars. People remember that incident. Mm-hmm. 
It was a weird weekend to be boxing for Stephen as well because there was so much going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we had Rigondo and uh, and Lomachenko yeah. taking place in New York. It, it's a weird thing to say. He could have won and got a paragraph in, in in the newspapers. Yeah, but his ears been ripped off virtually, and he's had stories all over the place, and the story's gone viral, and the pictures of Stephen Smith. I've gone around the world. He's, I mean, he's a samurai hero in Japan right now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so in a weird way, it might work for him. Um, I think he's got a world title in him eventually. I mean, I know he's, he's had a couple. Amateur, he's it? had one already. He was. He was a brilliant amateur. And, and I remember sitting with Stephen, Matthew Macklin, and Nathan Cleverly in Cardiff one day, having lunch with him, you know. We had clever boy Cleverly, the mathematician, Matthew Macklin, who'd done a year of his law degree, and Swifties, uh, an accountant. Accountant, that's right, yeah. yeah so it was, we, had, we had the brains of Britain's boxers. <laughs> <laughs> sitting there around the table, I felt like a right blondie. <laughs> <laughs> not that uh, all blondes are uh, not up there. No, but no, kind of. Some, my, uh, yes, you, you, just you. That's because you're natural colour, isn't it? Just, Na- yeah. you're, you're a natural blonde. I, 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 I dye it grey, <laughs> but I'm naturally blonde. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, listen, stick around because we've still got a little bit from Cultural Corner to come your way before we finish this show. Great to hear from Swifty. Listen to Fight Night on Talksport. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for your correspondence this evening. It's been an absolute pleasure. In particular, and I don't, I'm only singling this person out because this is kind of what me and Gareth are, are aiming for with this show. We understand that there will be boxing fans and UFC fans that listen that are hardcore, that know their stuff, absolutely know their stuff. They know people's fight histories and the intricacies of the, and the technicalities of, of fight sports. Uh, but Alec uh, Tefani, who has just sent me a tweet, this, check this out, Gareth. I don't even like boxing. But I could listen to this show all night. Thank you so much for a good couple of hours. Was that your mum? Yeah, I think it was my mum, actually. But that's the point. That's the point, isn't it? No, it is. We're trying our very best to appeal to people that might not necessarily like fight sports. We've had the tree lady story from Josh Kelly tonight. Best story I've ever heard. Listen back to the podcast if you're just uh, tuning in now. Katie Taylor, the shyest, most brilliant woman boxer I've ever seen, mm. giggling away on radio. An amazing lucid interview from Tyson Fury, who I think is depicted in the wrong way in some quarters. And you know what? Don't, forget, d- don't forget Swifty's flappy ear. Swifty's <laughs> flappy <laughs> ear. just that Swifty's um, flappy ear on. Stories of him bumping into legends and staying up all night That's with it. his ear hanging off in Las Vegas. Mm. You know, and you know, the, the thing is, Ed, we love this sport and we know that the stories... The funny thing is... Footballers now on three hundred. This is the noble art. Yeah, there's a reason why the em- Roman Emperor Theodoric banned aristocrats from being gladiators in 500 AD. It's because the aristocrats realised that this was a noble life. We love these fighters because it's a noble existence. It's a tough grimy, hard existence. They all have warrior souls and they are fascinating as a result. It's not humdrum, boring, 300k a week. You don't get anywhere near them that footballers get and fans and footballers get. And all this moaning about what they earn, they don't do this and then Boxers deliver. They get put on their backsides, they get knocked out, they get up and they dust themselves down and they come back again. And as a result, boxing stories are fun. And we're having fun. We are having fun. And hopefully in 24 hours, the whole of the nation are going to have fun because hopefully they are celebrating one of our own as the Sports Personality of the Year. I think it's time for a bit of Cultural Corner. Oh, definitely.
Now, each week, we like to try our very best to celebrate the way that fight sports transcends and goes into the world of music and arts and film and theatre and sometimes, if Gareth gets his way, literature. Uh, However, tonight, you're taking us to television, aren't you, my friend? To people's living rooms tomorrow evening. Yeah, yes, indeed. And, you know, they're all going to be thunderstruck to go back to that ACDC song that was playing just now. And we rest in peace, Malcolm Young, you beautiful man. Um, Tomorrow night, um, the sports personality of the year takes place, Ed. Um, Five boxers have won it in the history going back to 1954. Sir Henry and his hammer, Sir Henry Cooper, he won it in 67 and 70. In 1985, Barry McGuigan won it when 19 million people watched him on TV beating Eusebio Pedroza. Loftus Road. Loftus Road. Squeezed in like a giant sardine can it was. They were in there, 33,000, I think. Is that right? 33,000? Something like that. Um, 1985 won the title. 1999, the big man, Lennox Lewis, won Sports Personality of the Year. His two big fights with Amanda Holyfield, the super fights that year. And then... In 2007, after his Mikel Kessler feat, turning the fight around at the Millennium Stadium, as it was then, the Italian Dragon. <laughs> Done in a Welsh accent, by the way. Joe Calzaghi <laughs> yeah. beat Mikel Kessler, of course, to win it. And I was out in Vegas, actually, when he was presented with that. Because um, it was, the, again, we're, we're talking about Ricky Hatton and his fans last week. Ricky Hatton fought that weekend against Floyd Mayweather. And, of course, um, Joe was out there to see the event. So, and, and Ricky came third in BBC Sports Personality. Those are the five. Tomorrow night... Is there going to be a sixth? There will be a sixth. Ooh. Big AJ. Anthony Joshua will be, I believe, crowned the Sports Personality of the Year. The other two in the running, Chris Froome, well, he's had his issues recently. I won't go into that. Asthma inhalers and all of that kind of thing. Uh, Lewis Hamilton won't get voted in. Doesn't even live in the country. He's a tax exile. Well, he is. I mean, let's not make bones about it. You do not vote for someone who doesn't live in Britain. Look at you. You know, you should you should you should be as part of uh, AJ's PR team for this. Now you're you're selling this for him, aren't you? No, he, no, I haven't. I don't need to. He's got an Adonis-like physique. It's funny, you know. Um, Henry Cooper going back in time here in this cultural corner. Henry Cooper had had two fights with Ali in 63 and 66 with Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, and then Muhammad Ali as he was then. He had a grocery store in uh, Wembley High Street. And grannies, mothers, they all loved him. He wasn't a sex symbol, but they wanted to mother him. They loved him. Joshua's a bit different. He's got this Adonis-like physique. All the women love him. The men want to be him. He's put his arms around the hipster generation. He's brilliantly uh, PR'd by his team. But this year... He took part in the outstanding sporting event that gripped the nation for me. He beat Vladimir Klitschko on that dramatic night with an amazing narrative. He got up off the floor, dusted himself down, and he beat Vladimir Klitschko. And for that reason, and the fact he's had another big stadium fight this year, Anthony Joshua will be the sports personality of the year in my crystal ball tomorrow night. Poetic. Poetic, my friend. Poetic, indeed. Thank you. Uh, There you go. Um, That leads us nicely to conclude the show with uh, looking forward to an early hours fight. Once we uh, finish this, we'll go for a quick swift half and then onto the television uh, to watch Billy Joe Saunders, the WBO middleweight champion of the world, defending his crown overseas against Dave Lemieux, a killer puncher. This guy hits like a mule. Mm. Personally, 
I'm going to be honest with you, Gareth. I know that you love Billy Joe. He's a fantastic boxer. We haven't really seen it since he became world champ. Andy Lee, he was brilliant. Becomes world champ. It's been a weird tenure, really. Two years now mm. as being the WBO champion. I think Lemieux has got enough power to really cause an upset tonight. And not only that, he's overseas. It's going to be difficult for him to outbox him, isn't he, in his own back garden? Yeah, it's a really tough fight for him. It's the biggest pressure. It's the most pressure he's ever been under, I believe. David Lemieux, you watch a highlight reel of him. He's like a mini Mike Tyson. He comes in, he lets his hands go. He's got brilliant hooks. Um, he says he's going to be patient and take Billy Joe Saunders apart. But I think the first... He'll, Billy Joe Saunders will either get... Um, coruscated by this guy and, and he'll kind of get into him early. But I think... The longer the fight goes on, the better for Billy Joe Saunders. And I've got the feeling... I really hope so. Yeah, me too. But when I've seen them together physically, Lemieux loses, um, loses a lot of weight, cuts a lot of weight um, to get to, um, to uh, 160. And, you know, I think when it comes down to it, Billy's a very natural middleweight. He's very slick. He's a southpaw. He's got to start fast and he's got to be twitchy and he's got to get the jab going. You look at the highlight reel of Lemieux and he's so dangerous. The knockout of Curtis Stevens, one of the knockouts of the year this year. But Curtis Stevens just tried to exchange with him. Mm. What Golovkin did brilliantly, Kennedy Golovkin did against him, was he got the jab hard in his face, his left-handed orthodox jab, hard in his face really on, right stopping him in his tracks. And um, I think Lemieux believes he can can knock anyone out. I think it's going to be a thriller. Mm. If it goes on and on and on in the rounds, the longer it goes, the better for Billy Joe for me. Yeah. Um, but the beautiful thing about this is that Billy likes people to come on to him. Lemieux does that. Billy's well, a fantastic boxer. He's a brilliant counterpuncher, and but but also um, he's. The, the, he, what, he put Andy Lee down with some good counters. Yeah, I mean, did. Lee's a southpaw as well, I have to say. So, you know, they were kind of mirroring each other. But, um, yeah, the first two or three or four rounds are going to be really key in this fight. What I liked about Billy Joe this week, what I've seen on video, and I've spoken to him, of course. We had him on the show last week. You had him on when I wasn't here, and I, but I'd interviewed him, um, is that... He looks really confident. He's been getting in Lemieux's face. He's not intimidated at all. He really has been a traveller this week, you know? He's the gypsy boy over there, and I think he's going to do it. I really do. Can't wait for it. It's in the early hours of the morning. If you've just listened to this, we've buzzed you up. We've got you all excited about it. Make sure uh, you get yourself to a television screen to watch that in the early hours of the morning. Good luck, Billy Joe Saunders. Hopefully yeah. on next week's show, we'll be celebrating that fact. Because next week, we are celebrating the whole of 2017. Make sure you come and join us uh, from 10 o'clock next Saturday night. We're going to look back at the whole of 2017, which has been a fantastic year for boxing and a fantastic year for us here on TalkSport. Have a wonderful rest of evening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 